It's the best of the Cup of Joe Morning Show. You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. Mike was at Kelly Square Pizza waiting for his pizza to cook and this little cripple old guy comes in and he's leaning on his makeshift cane and wearing a couple of coats and his hands are trembling and he's wondering who's managing and the man behind the counter replies and without hesitation tells the other kid to stop cleaning. See, they close about one thirty, and the elderly man asks if there's anything that would be thrown out so he could buy it cheap and the manager tells the kid to make this man whatever he wants. He says, I just want everyone to know that during these tough and crazy times where others in the world are out to hurt and kill, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of great, actually. Start with yourselves. Open a door, pay for a coffee, pass on some food, donate to something, thank a vet, hang out with the elderly, anything. A little sermon there from Mike Alexander for you this morning. Yeah, I get you. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The Sound of Life. I realize you probably heard of The Rock, right? You know who I'm talking You get an image, right? Big muscular man. Dwayne Johnson, as he really prefers now. Uh, big in WWE wrestling, superstar there. So he's, got, he's got big, huge muscles and everything. And then, of course, uh, movies. Still in movies, but kind of getting into being a businessman. Uh, changing his image, you know, nurturing that image very well. And now it's good to see somebody like that's just a plain old frustrated father. <laughs> I mean, not terribly frustrated, but he's trying to take a nap. While his four-year adult, four-year-old, yeah, four-year-old is playing around with him and singing "Itsy Bitsy Spider," and you know, pats his face, and he's like, "Oh, thanks, sweetheart. I love it. Thank you." He's he's doing an Instagram post, you know, and kind of, it's really cool. I mean, it's it's really neat. A lot of people in his position wouldn't let themselves be known as. You know, to be that humble, you're always humbled by your kids. It's, it's what they always say. He said, I love you. I think it's time for the Bitsy Spider to retire. And he kind of deadpanning in the Instagram caption. He said, many of you know my pain. You know, and it's right. We do, isn't it? Isn't it interesting to be very relatable like that? It's amazing. You don't need me to tell you a a God story about how God became a human being. What did that take for him to be able to do that and to be able to know what it's like to be cold and and lonely and hurt and, you know, lose friends and all that, to be dirty and smelly and, you know, and, and to see humans in their struggle and stuff. He knows all of that, right? It's good. It's good to know that. But just to know that God's good with you in your human form, right? Mm-hmm. Ask him to come in and live in you if you haven't done that yet today. Be the coolest thing you ever did in your life. The sound of life. And it's emu fun, right? With a name like emu, it's got to be fun. How could you always love them? And maybe you saw this emu running around West Milford, New Jersey. I don't know. Sandy said, I don't know how Vance escaped. <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe we ought to put up a security camera. We can find out. West Milford, New Jersey is where Sandy's emu Vance escaped. 
back uh, near the end of June, nor does she know how this flightless bird managed to break into a horse paddock on her property about a week later. Uh, Vance is having a lot of fun as an emu, apparently, right? He really is like Houdini, she said. This guy is really living his best emu life. <laughs> and I mean, he should be living a fun emu life. I love I love escape stories and re-entry stories. You know, he got out. He obviously had an errand to run and, and got back in. And I don't know, maybe it was late at night and he was in the wrong place and he went in with the horses or maybe it was all just planned out by Vance the emu. I love it. If I had an emu, I would name him Vance. That's pretty cool, right? I'm not sure, but this is probably the most embarrassing moment of our short life. Come on. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I stopped doing the standing and walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The sound of life. You probably heard of the crudes. <laughs> You're like, what? That's an animated caveman family. You heard of them? They're, they're modern caveman family. But they believe that the only way to survive is if their family, the pack, stays together. And they're afraid of the world and others. So when looking for a safe place to live, they're filled with fear after discovering a strange family already in the area that they've chosen. Maybe you remember seeing that, right? And you're thinking, oh, yeah, I see where where they're going with this, right? But they soon learn to embrace the difference of their new neighbors They draw strength from them, and they survive together. They find they actually enjoy them, and they do need others to live life fully. (laughs) Amazing that, from a cartoon, (laughs) what we used to call back in the day. And it's risky, isn't it, relationships, because people are the ones that hurt us. You know what my hoodie says, Jesus is fun. People aren't. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Which is true. But God wants us together Because through those relationships we grow, we use our gifts to help others that he gives us, right? He works in and through human beings that aren't compatible. He makes the oil and the water mix. That's what I'm trying to say, right? So, you know, he's going to lead you if you let him, right? Father God, we love being a part of your family. Help us today to fill our place well so that we can grow and help others to know you better. Amen. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face and a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Uh, I'm on Instagram. (laughs) And you probably are as well, too, on this morning. The reason I bring it up is because Emily, who works with Plugged In, dot com slash radio plugged in movie review and all that she was trying to get off of instagram she decided it was too much for her i never thought about it as much as image i guess when you're older you really don't care about the post you're kind of touching base with people you know i i have a child on there i have a friend on there pastor friend on there really funny Bishop Sanders on there. <laughs> Funny stuff like that. But, uh, you know, they have a lot of friends on there and they post a lot of different things. But then you scroll along and there's there's really neat stuff. A lot of ministries on Instagram, right? But it is very time consuming because you come across, doesn't take long, you come across those suggested reels. 
Am I surprised that there's not somebody flying a plane, you know, in the cockpit that shows you something like that or a sporting event? That's because that's what you like and stuff, right? Um, it's very interesting. Uh, Emily uh, has an account uh, of what it was like to try to get off Instagram. In fact, of course, the sound of life is there uh, today. The uh, faith builder, today's faith builder, is there. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Second oh. Corinthians 3.17. So Emily's trying to get off of Instagram, and she said it was absolutely maddening to try to get off. They don't want to let go. It's very interesting uh, to do it. And I must say that she was successful. She did do awesome. it. Yeah. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. And I know it's just on your mind. You're just wondering, what is an example of something that was invented for a purpose but turned out to have another purpose? And no, it's not chocolate. I don't think, anyway. But one really cool technical advice that's in very common use today, making people's lives really great, started out to be a recording device. That's right. In 1956, Mr. Wilson Greatbatch was working on an audio recorder that would be placed in the heart to record its sounds. Wow. Pretty forward thinking. 1956. While he was building it, he misplaced a resistor. Uh oh. <laughs> That's a, a little thing in there that does something very important, and he misplaced it. And that made his invention, instead of recording sounds, it generated a pulse that could be coordinated with the heartbeat, as it turned out. And he had enough sense, he realized that his invention. Well, it didn't have much use as a sound recorder, but it could be used to control the rhythm of a diseased heart. And he presented it to a surgeon by the name of William Chardec in 1958. Now, this surgeon did some testing on some dogs and were great. And the first pacemaker was implanted in a human in 1960. And you may have one, very well have one. They're in very common use, making people's lives pretty cool. Something that's actually was headed in another direction, but by providence, by the hand of God, somehow, it got redirected to something pretty cool. And there you go. The cool stories on the planet, right? A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The Sound of Life. She's a CNN anchor. Christy Paul. Maybe you've seen her. She's uh, talked a lot about Christ on some other venues. And things. she's been through a tough couple of years. And she is saying goodbye to the viewers at CNN. Her recent decision was to focus on her family. And that's what makes news, doesn't it? Whether you're coming out of sports, whether you're big time there, big time anchor on the news, right? She said it was really bad for about three and a half weeks, according to her about the COVID, right, and her family. It separated them. And for about three and a half weeks, it was tough. I I thought I was going to be a single mom, especially when I had to take him to the emergency room, speaking of her husband. She said, you know, I love this place. I'm grateful. I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. We're up between one and two every Saturday and Sunday, and I just could not be who I needed to be for my family is what really came down to. 
Mm-mm-mm. Her motivation rests in her role as a mother to her children. As she said, and boy, put this on your hoodie, cross-stitch this on the pillow, nobody else is going to be my kid's mom. Woo! Yes, I'm loving that, and kudos to Christy Paul. May God bless you, and I'm sure he will. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Just kind of wondering, we're talking about doing things, you know, that you haven't done before, and maybe over the summer you get out and about. Maybe it's take your family in the van or what well, used to be the wagon. We still even have station wagons. I don't even know. Put them in the back. <laughs> take off across the country, no air conditioning. That was the good old days. But now you got movies they can watch and play games and all that kind of stuff. Maybe that's what it is. Something that you you've never that you've done that you never thought you were going to do. Uh, I have not been scuba diving, but I have been. And I'm not sure I can do it. Uh, I have found out that while I was snorkeling a couple years ago, which I absolutely loved, uh, but I have a. Uh, I, I really like to breathe in through my nose. <laughs> I know it sounds funny. I, I really do. I like to be able to have that option, mouth or nose and everything. And uh, I have been known to get in kind of a panic, you know, when you're you're just all you're, you're restricted to just. I mean, I know it sounds silly. You're breathing in air. And I have had some people there, some instructors who have said, just relax. You know, you're not. it's not a swim competition. Just relax, float along, enjoy, take a little breath, you know. So I thought it was kind of cool. So I'd kind of like to know, you know, what, what if you don't mind getting on the hotline, right? Yes, Connie, what, what's something you did you didn't think you were going to do? So we had an opportunity to go snorkeling. Whoa! And I never thought I would go snorkeling. There was a group activity we got to do on a vacation one time. And they took us to three different places, two of which were more easy, kind of calmer water, and the water was warmer and stuff. But then they said the third place was going to be a little bit more challenging. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I'll just sit that one out. I mean, I, I did have fun doing it at the, at the calmer places. And when it got to the point of where it was a little bit more turbulent, a little colder water, I thought, I'll sit it out and... He started to explain what we were going to see, and he said there was a sunken boat down there wow. that uh, reef, you know, uh, fish had been made a reef out of it, and there right. was coral and stuff on it and everything. And I thought, eh, I don't need to do that. But then it suddenly popped into my head, you're here, this is your opportunity, you're going to kick yourself later if you don't do it. So I got in the water. It was a little shocking to get in because it was colder, but once I got used to it, I was amazed because the water was clear, so you could look down the side of this boat and see all these big, big fish down below, and like the smaller ones were there too, kind of mingling in. So I was really glad when I got back to the boat. I was, I was like, yep, I'm glad I did that. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The Sound of Life. And how about a, a bright story, true story. Uh, but you got to know about Paul Newman. 
Okay, so this will probably date you a little bit. And just with those words, if you're a woman of a certain age, you lit up and thinking of those beautiful blue eyes of his and that mischievous smile. He was he was kind of like the Tom Cruise of his era, right? I mean, am, I, am I wrong about that? I'm thinking so. But they actually became friends. But um, here's the story. Michigan woman and her family vacationing in a small New England town where Paul Newman and his family often visited. I know they live in Connecticut. All right. So one Sunday morning, the woman gets up early to take a long walk, and she walked about five miles, you know, and she's like, I'm going to treat myself to a double-dip chocolate ice cream cone. She hops in the car, drives to the center of the village, went straight into the combination bakery ice cream parlor. There was only one other patron in the store by the name of Paul Newman, sitting at the counter having a donut and a coffee. The woman's heart skipped a beat as her eyes made contact with those famous baby blue eyes. The actor nodded graciously, and the star-struck woman smiled demurely. Pull yourself together, she's thinking. She's chiding herself. You're a happily married woman. I have three children. I'm 45 years old. What is wrong with me, right? So the clerk fills her order, and she takes that double-dip chocolate ice cream cone in one hand, and her change in the other, and she went out the door, avoiding even a glance in Paul Newman's direction. Now, when she reached her car, she realized that she had a handful of change. Uh, One hand was empty. Where's my ice cream cone? Did I leave it in the store? She has to go back in to see what happened, expecting to see the cone still sitting in the clerk's hand or in a holder on the counter or something. There was no ice cream cone in sight. And with that, she happened to look over at Paul Newman. His face broke into that familiar, warm, friendly grin. And he said to the woman, you put it in your purse. Well, (laughs) the Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Lap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The sound of life. It is easy, isn't it, when you're in church? It's just easier to do godly things, think godly thoughts, be at peace, I think. But not on an airplane so much, maybe, you know. Uh, There's an incident where Lisa and, what's his name, Daniel. Yeah, Lisa and Daniel, they're married. They had to take a flight out of Dallas, right? This time of year, you got thunderstorms and stuff. Sometimes it'd be a little rough. And this one was, they they said they were pinballing around, you know. So that was a little turbulence at first. And the six, uh, we didn't know how old he is. This young man sitting beside them looked at them and said very intensely, I need you to talk to me right now. I have terrible anxiety, and this is my first time to ever fly alone, and this turbulence is messing with me. I need you to talk to me right now. And so they did. They started talking. She said, hi, I'm Lisa. This is my husband, Daniel. We're going to be your best friends for the next 90 minutes, and we're so proud of you for telling us what you need That took a lot of courage. And we'd be proud of our own kids for taking the risk that you took. We're all going to be okay. And we're here for you. So just tell us what you need. He said, my name is Braden. I'm sorry, Braden. He's 16. Plays the guitar, ukulele, piano. He just finished recording his first album, too. I asked him if he had an album on him that he could buy. He pulled one out of his backpack, signed it. So they're doing all that cool stuff right there. He said, here's the important thing. Something that Braden can teach you and me. 
When we need help from people, take the risk and ask for it. I need you to talk to me right now. Life gets turbulent, right? We need to, we, we, we tend to close our eyes and collapse inward and get really quiet, but now that won't work. And Braden shows you a better way. Look around, open up, put yourself out there, ask for help. It was basically that, that those three seats right there on that plane were holy ground. It's pretty cool. It's one of the most beautiful conversations we've had in a long time, said Lisa. And it's because someone took the risk of being honest. So, be like Braden. Be honest. Ask for help. Take the risk, right? Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. And of course, we do realize, we know that God is faithful. He has those promises, right? But when you're in the middle of swimming from San Francisco at the Alcatraz, and your nine years old, James Savage, doesn't take long to get discouraged. It's rough water. It really is. And there were people out there in the water, paddlers, who would call out to him, you can do it. He actually did. He got 30 minutes into the swim, and he wanted to quit. I can't say as I blame him. But, you know, need encouragement. We've been needing encouragement since day one, really. Who were the encouragers? Back in the Jesus day, or I should say the the church, the new church day, Barnabas, huge guy, right? Paul did too. And they would go, I mean, of course, hardships to say the least, no doubt about it. Uh, Very similar to today with all that was going on, all that was trying to infiltrate the teaching in the church and all that was going on socially, politically, all that stuff was just swirling around. And it was very difficult. No, for anybody. And God knows that. And he provides people as a gift. Yes, his Holy Spirit is in you, comforting you. But hey, doesn't hurt to have a Barnabas around, does it, to say you can do it. You can keep going. A lot of hardships. We're going to keep going. We're in this together, right? Whatever it takes. But that's what they did. And they provided that encouragement to press on. We can do it. And sometimes it's just a, just a little word. It's amazing. Jesus When we're tempted to give up, please send people to give us confidence and courage to continue our walk with you. Thank you. Amen. The Sound of Life. Really cool story about a woman. If you've ever ice skated or roller skated, you know, it's a lot of fun when you're a kid. And she grew up in Nova Scotia, Renee Forstall did, and she loved to roller skate. She learned and she loved and she had a pair of skates that she absolutely loved. And she ended up selling them at a yard sale, and she really regretted it. And 40 years later, 40 years later, she wanted to take it up again. She said, I'm going to start skating again, and got a pair of new skates, and she didn't like them. So she said, you know, I really like those skates that I had. I'm going to look online and look around and see if I can find a pair of skates that look like the kind that I had back when I was young and growing up. And she found them, and she got them, and it became literally a Cinderella slipper moment. And it was very clear. They fit. She put them on. They fit perfect. Of course they did. Her name was written on the inside of them from 40 years ago. (laughs) Isn't that the coolest story? Decades. She couldn't believe that these old skates had found their way back to her four decades later. Anyway, it's just a great story. I mean, 
you know, that's uh, that's pretty cool. It can happen. Okay. So that's really kind of neat there. Sometimes you wonder, did God arrange all that? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going for that, you know. I mean, what are the odds? I don't know. But I'm going for something really, really cool like that. Right? I just woke up. Okay. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. I bet you I can, I, you know, I, I, I bet you an ice cream cone I can tell you something you didn't know. Did you know not only that today is like National Mac and Cheese Day, which you figure they would have one of those, right? It's not an international thing. Although I think it was a big deal in France back when Thomas Jefferson was around. The founding father, that one, he loved French cuisine. And for some reason, macaroni and cheese was what he brought to this country. He really did. I did not know that until I saw that today. And he would have state dinners with macaroni and cheese. (laughs) Can you imagine? So I'm thinking, okay, all right, kids. Get ready. Put on your finest. We're bringing out the candles and the fine china because we're having a state dinner tonight here at our house. That's right. We actually are. We're going to replicate a state dinner from, I don't know, 1776. Do it right there, you know. Who knows what thoughts they'll be thinking in their mind. But I bet it ain't mac and cheese. (laughs) What a surprise that'll be. And a good surprise, actually, as it turns out. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. The father of ice cream didn't invent ice cream, but he really perfected the process and the idea of adding salt and things like that. You know, basically the modern way we do it now. And he was a man who lived in Philadelphia, an African-American named Augustus Jackson. Uh, he he uh, he was either a nobody or an entrepreneurial genius who got the you know basically forgotten in history, and that's one of the reasons that I wanted to uh, bring it up. That's that's kind of the way it is. Very simple, really. Um, and really, we wouldn't have ice cream probably if it wasn't for Augustus Jackson. So just remember him today, and uh, you know, think about how simple and delicious a treat it is. The man who revolution, or somebody has to come along and revolutionize the process. Otherwise, it's not going to be all over the place. Okay. And so anyway, I just thought I'd throw in some good news. Interesting today because I've got a feeling you're going to be probably consuming a few pieces of ice cream or whatever you call it. I don't know. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. The Sound of Life. The Museum of the Bible is something that I want to see. It's in Washington, D.C. So, you know, it's not in New York City. That would be cool if it was. I've probably been there already. But it's in Washington, D.C. But it could be a summer trip for you, you know? There you go. Take your family. It's quite a place. And they do something, and they did it recently. They have a Museum of the Bible Blessing of the Elders. That's the name of it, Blessing of the Elders. And they have a handful of uh, leaders uh, there. And one of them uh, you may have heard of. It was, uh, by the way, it's to pay tribute to a faith-filled legacy of leaders in the black church. And their latest guest was Pastor A.R. Bernard. He is... um, a pastor in New York City there at the 
senior pastor at the Christian Cultural Center in New York City. Now, the reason it made pretty big news is because a special guest and his wife were there. Denzel Washington was there especially to honor Pastor A.R. Bernard. Why would Denzel Washington be there? Other than they just called him up and asked him, would you come by? And he said, sure, because he knows A.R. Bernard from New York City because he is is his pastor and mentor, uh, Denzel Washington. It's pretty cool. And uh, he's, you know, one of the reasons he's been very vocal about his faith in God lately. So it's a pretty cool thing going on there. Sorry, I missed it. The sound of life. This comes under the category of was it specially created or did it just happen through a process of, you know, random picking and choosing things like that, gender mutation and stuff, uh, gender mut- uh, gene mutations, what I meant to say. We're talking about birds, and you know the birds that are in your yard are probably from another part of the country, down south, someplace, say, right? And at some point, when the air starts getting colder and the sun really starts going away, then they got to get back home. How do they do that? How do they know where to go? Okay, well, we know that migratory birds sense the Earth's magnetic field through their vision. And they use a built-in compass to determine their position and direction. Science has discovered this. That's what birds use, okay? That's what they're equipped with. They're like, it's like, does a, does a U.S. submarine, nuclear submarine even? Have, anyway, thanks to this ability, it's known as magnetoreception. The birds know where to head when they migrate and how to get back to their nesting sites. That's how they do it. Now, hold on. Hold, don't go anywhere, kids. The, there's a new study that shows that migratory birds primarily use the magnetic inclination that's the dip angle between the Earth's magnetic field and the surface. I mean, you know about them. The dip angle between the Earth and the Earth. Okay, so the birds use that uh, to know as a cue for relocating the spot where their nesting place is. Mm-hmm. Uh, specific magnetic inclination signals migratory birds to stop like an invisible red light. The authors of the study suggest that migratory birds learn the inclination angle even before leaving their nesting places. That's a big-time kindergarten class right there. When you, Kids, today we're going to learn the inclination angle. Now, some people believe that, and I'm one of them, I think God equipped those birds with the amazing means to survive. I mean, what did he say? He sees every sparrow that falls. He knows every one of them. Think about that. You think he cares for you? Oh, yeah. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up and do something. The Sound of Life. You know, I think Jordan Peterson is right. He's kind of gotten famous. One of the things he's talking about is the fact that that exotic vacation that you take is really not your life. You know, it's a, it's a big thing. Of course, it's great. But it's a very small part of what makes up your life. Your life is made up of those mundane moments in the morning. You know, the 10, 15 minutes that you're together in the morning or the dinner table and evening and stuff. That's what makes up so much of your life. 
And you got to get that right. I think he's absolutely right, and this couple proves it out. They've been married for 79 years. Yes, good old Hubert and June. They're coming up. They're going to be 100 next month, 100 years old. And the big thing is they said they have never quarreled in 79 years. You just spit your coffee out. By the way, they're thanking God for his blessings on their life, on their anniversary, and their birthdays coming up. But their daughter, their 70-year-old daughter, really said they're right. They, they never have had a quarrel. Let's back it up a little bit, okay? They met in church when they were 19. They said they've never been on a date. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying anything's wrong with date night at all. But they've never been on date. Date nights are one of those things where, like, well, you got to pencil those in. You got to get those in to your marriage and everything, right? And I don't want to destroy all the stuff that's been taught, you know. But those exotic vacations, they said, no, we know that's that's not that. Hubert, not for Hubert in June. Think about what they've been through. The Great Depression. From the Great Depression through the COVID, I mean, they have seen so much. That's amazing. And see, it's prepared them for what's been happening lately. The June has been having these strokes and it makes it difficult for her to communicate. But they're getting through it. And they still have the routine of having dinner together. Every night, they have dinner together. They watch an old Western and they share a kiss before going to sleep. Isn't that cool? I think I'm going to start something like that. <laughs> Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. Liberty Bell, yes, I know you're thinking, wait a minute, 4th of July, we've already done that. Yeah, we have, but the Liberty Bell didn't ring out until today, uh, back in 1776, all right? In Philadelphia, they heard the tolling of what was then known as the Liberty Bell. And it signified a public reading of this newly published Declaration of Independence. And a unique document in the history of the world. I won't get into all that, but a lot of people are like, why was it called the Liberty Bell? Why was it so important? Because in the 1800s, it became a symbol of anti-slavery. Is that interesting? That's where it got the name. It was in the early 1800s of the Liberty Bell. Although in 1776, it was not known as that. But that was the bell that they used to signal to everybody they were going to have a reading. I got to see it with my dad in uh, before... 1976, which was the bicentennial, obviously. But because of the bicentennial and the influx of tourists into Philadelphia and people wanting to see it, they put it in the protective glass casing across the street from Independence Hall where it is now. We saw it, man. It was just hanging there in the room. Nobody even knew it was there. We went up there, you know, it was like, oh, look, we were... You could touch it, put your... Everybody, you know, because it cracked, obviously, the famous crack there, and everybody wanted to... You know, you have to touch... <laughs> like that. But I remember my dad, in all seriousness, my dad used to always say, you know, it's got Bible scripture on the on the bell there. It does. I think my dad knew what it was. It's from Leviticus, and it was when God was proclaiming the year of Jubilee. And it makes sense to put it on the Liberty Bell, doesn't it? Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. 
that's written on that bell. You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org. 